T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, Brian Mazurowski here with you on WBEN. Thanks for listening. Be here till about 10 o'clock or so on WBEN Buffalo. Got a lot to get to today. So I uh, I uh, skipped out on everybody. Second half, my kid was throwing up at daycare, so I had to go and uh, pick him up, which, you know, he should be. He's fine. He's just throwing up. You ever run? Uh, first time for me. It's like, uh, you know, fine, and then just bleh. Like, all of a sudden. And then you're fine again. So, I don't know. I'm sure it'll be okay. Either bad timing or perfect timing. Depending on... I mean, right now it's perfect timing. If he's still sick in, like, three days, very bad timing. Anyways. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me. And I want to get started. 803-0930, by the way. 803-0930 to join me throughout the day today. And I want to start with just this... Lingering uh, complaints. I mean, we do complaints of the week here, um, and I, you know, look, it's a beautiful sunny day. Now's not the time for it, but maybe this is like complaints of the show because it it's going on all the time. It's not just one week, but I mean, two stories today, and we were doing two interviews, and it just perfectly gets it all together. That nobody knows what's going on. In government. And that might be my complaint of a lifetime. I do not understand it for the life of me. How it's possible. That seemingly nobody knows what's going on. And and we'll start with thing number one. We've been talking about a lot over the past couple of weeks. The Climate Council recommendations for New York State. no, how does nobody know <laughs> what's going on here? I I, I want to sort through this. Now, I'm saying this as a uh, you know person fully self-aware that maybe I don't know what's fully going on. I think I have a really good understanding of you know the basic principles of these recommendations, but. Everything we've heard is soon to be rules if you listen to the governor's state of the state address. But I don't think it's that hard to kind of wrap your head around what's happening. The the Climate Council recommendations that the governor says uh, that, you know, we're going forward with in 2025. Starting then in 2025 in New York State, all new construction will be all electric. No gas appliances, no gas heating will be allowed in new construction in 2025. 
So you have a newly built home. It's different for different size businesses, you know, multi-person dwellings, things like that. But if you have a newly built home, you're building it starting in 2025, no natural gas appliances, heating, things like that. And then in 2030, there would be no new sales of gas-powered appliances and heating. Now, that doesn't mean you would be forced to change what you have in your home. And this is how they say, you know, it's a gradual thing, even though that can be argued. But if your stove or furnace broke down, you would not be able to buy a similar gas-powered replacement starting in 2030 if these recommendations go forward. That is the current understanding of what's going on. So 2030... Nobody's forcing you to change right at 2030, but you wouldn't be able to buy a new gas range, a new gas dryer, or a new gas furnace like what you have. You'd have to buy an electric-powered replacement and then do whatever it entails to get that going. Now, that is the timeline that the governor said was firm when asked about it by WBEN just the other week. That seems to be what people are most concerned about. They they don't have to buy something new at that time. I think there's again people are saying, well, building new homes is what we're looking for. Yes, yes. And in 2030, yes. Yes. Anybody else have a question? Yeah. We're going to move on. Anyone else have a question? But no, you heard it right there. Yes, those are the timelines. 2025 is a new home. 2030, and right, no, you're not forced to buy a new anything in 2030, but. Right there, there is a but. No new sales of gas-powered appliances or heating would be allowed. So it's a firm timeline as far as the governor is concerned. But lawmakers don't seem to quite understand exactly what's going on. We spoke to Monica Wallace this morning. You know, I certainly don't think people in Western New York think that that's realistic for us in Western New York. So, you know, as I said, these are recommendations. These are aspirations. But we also need to be realistic about where we are. And what I have heard is 2030 for new construction. I have not heard 2030 for existing construction. All right. It's our understanding it's 2025 for new and 2030 for existing. Uh, You know, again, these are recommendations. There's no bill. And, um, you know, I'm hearing all the comments from people and I share those concerns. The dates, uh, who knows? Right. (laughs) Like, I, we don't really know. The dates are spelled out, but no one seems to really understand the dates. She did say one thing, that Western New York understands that you need to find maybe a a more flexible way forward if you're really doing this. But the governor's from Western New York and is backing this up. And, you know, in the state of the state address, going all out. So I'm not sure if that's true. If people from Western New York understand, Monica Wallace is the only uh, person from Western New York on the Democratic side of the aisle, who's even answered a question with us about it. And the governor is from Western New York, is going the other way. So I'm not sure. And then there's the rationale that's also a little detached from reality. But um, I think we also can't deny that the reason that climate change is getting worse is because, um, you know, the, the reason that the storms are getting worse is because of climate change. You know, normally the lake would be frozen this time. It's not. 
And that is making blizzards that were once in a century now once every couple of weeks. So we, the reason climate change is getting worse, well, let's stay away from that. Storms are getting worse because of climate change, she says. And the once every generation storm is now once every other week. How much snowfall have we had since the blizzard again? How much? I mean, are we really getting a like this idea that these storms are happening all the time now? I at some point you have to face a public that lives in reality. And I'm looking outside at a sunny day in February where it's 15 degrees, which is something I would have done every year of my life so far, which is not to say that there's no impact from climate change, there's no impact from carbon in the air or on the climate or anything like that, but you can't go around saying once-in-a-century storms happen every other week now, <laughs> because they don't, and we know they don't. So who knows what's going on? I mean, it seems like there's such confusion over a policy that I thought I had my head wrapped around. But people in Albany are either confused about, don't know if it's going forward, don't know if it's a recommendation, don't know how it's going to be implemented, don't know how to push back against it, can't answer the question about what happens if my furnace breaks after 2030. How much is it going to cost me to install an all-electric replacement? That's not just the heating element, that's all the hookups that will be needed to be changed in your home. No one can answer these. Oh, by the way, all the people who have no idea what's going on just voted to give themselves a $30,000 pay raise. Then in the city of Buffalo, yesterday we were expecting to hear from the water board chair, O.J. McFoy, on the lack of fluoride in the city's water system. McFoy didn't appear because of a lawsuit that was filed against the city over the issue. But to me, this back and forth doesn't seem to make any sense. Common Council Member David Rivera. Uh, we called the meeting today to hear from uh, the chair of the Water Authority, McFoy, and he sent us a letter that he would not be attending. I had sent him a letter a few weeks back asking him to speak on a couple of things. The reason why they made the decision to not add fluoride into the system so the council had sent him a letter asking to appear in front of this council meeting. Um, he didn't. In return, he sent a letter to the council that the council read at a meeting about why he wouldn't be there. And all of a sudden, we're doing all of our business through the mail again? I What year is this? Why can't somebody, you know, ask him? Is that hard to do? We, we complain about millennials and, like, Gen X, about how we've lost the ability to do face-to-face -face communication. But I don't know. It, it seems to apply to people who are in office right now and the generation before me, too. Because nobody can just look somebody face-to-face -face and ask them if they were really curious about the issue. If I'm to believe that you want to get to the bottom of this, Right? That's what these hearings are for. We want to know why uh, nobody knew about this. We want to know why there's no fluoride. When will it be uh, you know, put back into the water system? If they were really curious, wouldn't somebody send a text? Don't we have his number? Maybe take a walk down to Exchange Street, pay him a visit at the office, 
It's right by the brand new train station. Uh, no one visits that either, I guess. But we asked Joe Golombek uh, that this morning. I mean, you know why? If you can't do this out in public, why can't somebody just swing by his office? Not a far drive. Pop in. Hey, OJ, what's going on? Sabers, right? Pretty good. Hey, about the fluoride. Uh, well, you would think so, yes. But once again, the law department has told him basically not to respond to us. All right. So then we get the lawyers involved. Now we can't have any communication. Although I just don't know if I completely buy all of that. You can't have a side conversation. Or you can't read previous comments as to why this is you know taking place and and kind of put that to yourself. But reading is a problem. There's the one big issue to me. The council didn't know about it. The, I don't think the administration, most of the people in the administration knew about it. Why? <laughs> Again, another thing that we've been talking about on this show for the past few days. Why didn't anybody know about it? It wasn't a secret. It might not have been communicated the best, but it wasn't a secret. It was on the annual water report. There was something sent out after the fluoride was taken out. The information was out there to anybody who asked, inquired. Shouldn't council members be expected to review a seven-page, which, I mean, really is only like a five-page because, I mean, one of those is the title. The back half is only half a page. One of those pages is just a big picture of how the water pump works. I mean, shouldn't you be expected to review a seven-page document that comes out only once a year? It's stated in there twice that there's no fluoride. Uh, Golombek this morning, Joe Golombek, who we spoke with, he uh, is at least taking that point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I remember getting it every single year, looking at it, and... You know, uh, I, I don't know how we all missed it, to be quite honest with you. At least we get that sort of answer, right? I don't know how we missed it. Yeah, we should have got it. I mean, that's what I've been waiting to hear. Instead of finger points here and there and everywhere, why didn't you tell? It should have been your job to inform this person who would have informed me. Like, no. I, I, it was refreshing to hear that this morning. Yeah. We should have got it. Don't know why we missed it. I have a theory, though. It's something I was talking about with Joe yesterday. I have a theory. Maybe there's a reason it was missed by any, uh, everybody. Because we asked uh, the council member what the reaction has been like in the past few weeks. You know, what is he hearing from people on this issue? Um, you know, I have not heard a great deal from residents. Uh, I was at a couple of block clubs. It was not brought up uh, by anyone at them. Um, I think right now the main concern is, you know, from council members once we realize the severity. You know, I think maybe people aren't aware yet, even though it's been on the news and, uh, you know, on the radio and et cetera. But I just think people haven't, uh, I don't think it's sunk in with them any more than it did with us when we first heard about it years ago. So maybe there is a reason it was missed by everybody. Because even after seven years of every now and then reminding people that there's no fluoride, and then after three straight weeks of this being in the news, in print, on TV, here on radio, over and over again, Joe Golombek tells us 
Well, people haven't really asked about it. They don't seem all that interested. And maybe that's the reason why. <laughs> because four people, and I'm going to make a lot of dentists mad right now. Maybe people don't really care. And that's not to say it's not an important issue. But there's a lot of important things that people don't necessarily care about. And then we only pretend to care about, you know, after a while. What are some of the most important issues going on in the world right now? There's a war going on in Ukraine. And sure, every now and then you'll see somebody fly a flag. But in your day-to-day, are people talking about it? Is that the top-of-mind issue that people have? At the end of the day, we you know, elect people to take care of these things and figure out these issues because we're all kind of, you know, dealing with our own stuff. <laughs> I, I don't have time all day to worry about fluoride in the water or who has nuclear weapons today or a whole host of other really important issues that are going on in the world. But you do elect leaders to be on top of things. And just make sure everything's running smoothly. And I don't know. I got a couple of clear examples today that maybe that's not the case. We have a a bunch of people in the city who are acting shocked. Again, I'll, I'll say that is the thing to me. It's not so much that the water didn't have fluoride. It's that everybody is now surprised to learn, oh, I just found out the other day the water didn't have fluoride. The information's been out there for nearly eight years. The state wants to do something as drastic as say that, all right, when your furnace breaks in under a decade from now, you're going to have to come up with an alternative that might cost you $15,000 to put in just to heat your home. And nobody seems to know specifics. What are we doing? How come no one knows about these things? (laughs) Why do I feel like I have a greater understanding than the... (laughs) It shouldn't be me. I should be worried about other things. But no one seems to know what's going on. There's your complaint of the week. We'll be back here. Brian Mazarowski on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. 
Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's uh, Brian Mazrowski here with you on WBEN. Uh, thanks for joining me. Went over in the last segment how uh, kind of frustrating it can be. No one seems to know what's going on anymore. It's like over the last few years, I've, uh, I've thought about this. Like, hey, you know what? Maybe uh, being a lawmaker isn't that hard. No one seems to know the ins and outs of uh, what's going on. You don't have to pay attention as much. Who knows? Um, but we're uh, kind of looking at a whole bunch of different issues. Fluoride, climate council recommendations, a lot of that stuff uh, going on. Over the last few weeks here on WBEN. Thanks to the texter who said, you know, oh, I thought it was a baby on the way when I skipped out the this back half of the show yesterday. No. Uh, Susan said the same thing as I was running out the door. <laughs> it was like, I got to go. My son's throwing up at daycare, which uh, I guess is a no-no. They won't keep him. So I, I ran out. She said, oh, I thought it was the other one. It's like, no, thank goodness. That's <laughs> that would That would be untimely. Um, but no, that'll be uh, a few days from right now. Still got a few days, hopefully, left of me on uh, WBEN. 803-0930 to join me on WBEN. Other news uh, today that we still have to get to. Uh, Erie County Executive Mark Polencars on Twitter yesterday said the county looking to implement a new alert system for winter storms. This, of course, happening on the heels of the blizzard, which was just over one month ago. So you have this idea that we had kicked around a lot Really, uh, ever since the blizzard, right in the immediate aftermath, how could people be better alerted? Why aren't we using this emergency alert system that, you know, we hear the tests all the time, uh, but we never actually get the alerts. We have amber alerts for your phone. Why not a blizzard alert in the county now looking to do uh, something similar? Uh, the county executive told Channel 2 yesterday, he said, I don't think the public took it seriously until Wegmans and Tops announced that they were closing. And I agree. I, I think he's uh, pretty spot on. And that was part of the problem, right? Because they announced they were closing like as the weather was coming in. So I, I don't find any you know mistake in what he said, right? That no one really took it seriously until you see the places that are always open start to close down. And that's when you really get the message, right? That's what happens with hurricanes down the south and Waffle House. We always hear about that, right? Uh, when Waffle House closes, when Disney World closes, that's when, right, that's when you know to take it seriously. And Thompson Wegmans, that would be the thing up here. So I, I think he's right. And then the question becomes, well, how do you better alert people? And I think this is generally a good idea. 8030930, you can join me here on WBEN. Uh, the new alert system 
uh, County Emergency Services is looking to send notifications to all cell phones, like an Amber Alert that you get, something we've been saying, right? You get a pop-up notification, different from uh, the rest of everything. Uh, TVs and radios, that would be the emergency alert system, to warn of an incoming storm, uh, similar to those Amber Alert notifications and other things you hear. Uh, not very frequently, right? I mean, that still catches you off guard. You get that flash flood alert. Everyone's phone goes off in the store. Everyone's eyes are up. They're, they're paying attention. Only happens every once in a while. And so I think it's a really good idea. There is one thing that I have a question about, and we'll be talking tomorrow morning with the uh, emergency services uh, commissioner in Erie County a little bit about this, but the county executive didn't stop there. He said the county's also preparing a one-to-five rating system for blizzards, similar to how hurricanes are rated. Now, all I know is what was tweeted out and, you know, that little bit of information, right? But that's when I start to go like, whoa, whoa, like you had a good thing going. Don't get too cute. Like we do that all the time. Like we want to add just like that little extra spin. We want to get cute. Want to put our spin on things. Want to name it after a six-pack. We want to, you know, do all that stuff. A a one-to-five rating system the county would come up for Blizzard, similar to how hurricanes are rated. And now, again, without knowing the exact way this is going to be done, it kind of seems to me, on the surface, with this little information, that we're now like begging to have the same problem that we're looking to avoid, right? (laughs) Because here now I'm picturing, all right, you have one to five rating system for snowstorms and blizzards of how severe they are. And we're going to send out these push notifications like an Amber Alert. So now every time it snows, are people going to get that alert on their phone, pushed out to their phone based on location, right? And then it's boom. It's on your phone. Snow expected. Category one. Adjusting to two inches. Like, that's what I'm worried about. Because then what happens is now you have this new rating system. All of a sudden, every time you get snow, you get the alert on your phone. And people go back to ignoring it, which is exactly what you're trying to stop in the first place, right? Why did people ignore the warnings for the blizzard? Well, it was just like a week before that you had a bunch of people at the football stadium, even though the weather was calling for nearly impossible travel home and 70,000 people got home somehow. No major problems reported. Like that's what you're trying to avoid. So I don't know about the one to five rating system, but when you have a storm, I mean, it should, it should really be something used once every what? Five years? Like, how often do you have a whiteout blizzard, you know, honest-to-goodness blizzard in western New York? It does not happen that often. So, like, that's how I see it playing out. And, again, we'll get some more of the details. But I, it, it could just get a little too cute here. And uh, I don't want to see a good idea be ruined because I do think it is. A uh, pretty good idea. 803-0930, we'll uh, start to go to the phones. Uh, Matt and Olean, you have some comments on uh, the water system. And Olean, do you have fluoride in your water? 
That's a good question. I'm not 100% certain because we live on well water. All right. So, I, I mean, you've got the well water off the ground. Is it that like kind of like sulfur tasting? Uh, no, it's, it's good, clean water. I mean, there are areas around western New York that are there's iron in the water, and you get the sulfury smell. You get the iron around the inside of the uh, toilet bowl, the pods, mm-hmm. you know. you got to scrub it out. But I'm a product of well water, 50 years old. My teeth are in good shape. I brush them. There's fluoride in my toothpaste. The idea that they have to put fluoride, actually it's sodium fluoride. It's not even a true fluoride. The idea that they've got to put a fluoride in the water for, for dental health. How does that fluoride, first off, my, my question is, is if I'm drinking it, how does it know to go right straight to my teeth? It's, it's going throughout my whole body. So when you start looking at side effects to sodium fluoride, it, it, there is a, a litany of side effects related to drinking that stuff. Well, Matt, thanks for the call. I... I don't want to get into, because I'm not an expert, the pros and cons of fluoride. So I just just an FYI out there. If you're calling to debate whether or not fluoride is good for you, I'm probably not going to do that here on the show. Why? Because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a dentist. I'm not somebody who's well-versed at all in the, in the fluoride effect. I'm more interested in the process that's playing out right now in the city of Buffalo. And from the comments I heard this morning and from everything I've, you know, learned about this over the last couple of weeks, I am not as outraged over the process as a lot of other people seem to be because I think it kind of generally reflects where residents, where the general public is on this particular topic of fluoride in the water. Right, we heard it. Now, here it is again from Councilmember Joe Golombic on, you know, here maybe the reason why it was missed by so many people, what he's heard in the few weeks since this has been all over the news. Um, You know, I have not heard a great deal from residents. Uh, I was at a couple of block clubs. It was not brought up uh, by anyone at them. Um, I think right now the main concern is, you know, from council members once we realize the severity. You know, I think maybe people aren't aware yet, even though it's been on the news and, uh, you know, on the radio and et cetera. But I just think people haven't, uh, I don't think it's sunk in with them any more than it did with us when we first heard about it years ago. Now, maybe it didn't sink in. I mean, that's one possibility. Or maybe it did sink in and the general public just kind of said, okay, like, whatever. <laughs> like, that, that that's not an issue in, in the grand scheme of things that I expect out of city government that's not really my top priority right now. I, and I'm not saying whether that's a good or a bad thing. Maybe dentists everywhere should be putting out a PSA explaining exactly why you need fluoride in the water and then people would be a little bit more informed on the topic and maybe as a result of that there would be a little bit more outcry but the fact remains that this information was out there was available 
It didn't get to residents, which is no surprise. I don't expect most people to be, you know, thumbing through the water quality report. But you heard from lawmakers this morning in the city of Buffalo that, you know, seven years this has been on a water quality report. And for seven straight years, people just kind of read through it. And to me, that screams, well, if this was a major issue, maybe that wouldn't have happened. Maybe once in the last seven years, one out of, you know, all the people on the council, out of everyone in the mayor's office, out of everyone everywhere in the city, one person over the last seven years would have said, hey, hang on a second, raise my hand. Let me text the water board chair and figure out what's going on. But that didn't happen. And that leads me to believe it's one of two things. It's either one, nobody's doing their job, nobody's reading anything, nobody knows what's going on, and like it's it's all one big joke almost. Or two, the issue is not as important as some believe it is. And you get that all the time. And at the end of the day, yes, you are going to be talking way more about garbage pickup and snow removal and that kind of stuff in the city of Buffalo than you are about fluoride because one immediately impacts people when it snows outside. Am I going to be able to get out of my car and get to work? And the other is a lot harder to see, you know, when it comes to the impact of fluoride. And as we've been asking uh, these lawyers throughout the last couple of weeks, how do you prove, you know, a negative impact because of lack of fluoride in your tap water as opposed to negative impact because I eat like three Tootsie Pops a day? Like I feel like that's probably difficult to really get a grip on if you're not doing so well with your teeth. So, I mean, that's it. I, maybe it's been treated exactly how you would expect it to be. It's been treated by lawmakers at the level that people in the community care about it. And that's why I kind of think uh, is where we stand right now. The opposite can be said about the Climate Council recommendations, right? That's something that it seems like a lot of people care about for various reasons. That there's still so much confusion over exactly what's going to happen in Albany. I, From all the comments you hear, people are against it, period. Yet still some version of it's going to go forward. Why? I mean, this is the rationale we hear. But um, I think we also can't deny that the reason that climate change is getting worse is because, um, you know, the, the reason that the storms are getting worse is because of climate change. You know, normally the lake would be frozen this time. It's not. And that is making blizzards that were once in a century now once every couple of weeks. Because we have a blizzard every couple of weeks, which is not the case. <laughs> we need to all switch off all of our natural gas appliances and switch to all electric. We need to all stop heating our home with natural gas and switch to all electric, and then we'll never have snow again. Wait. We are supposed to have snow sometimes, right? 
How, how exactly is this supposed to work? Nobody can really settle on why it's being done, just that it has to be done, and it has to be done right away. In 2025 and then 2030, we set two deadlines, and nobody knows what the deadlines are, but everyone's going to be kind of slapped in the face with it. And you talk about fluoride not being a today issue. Well, when your furnace breaks down in 2030, it will be a today issue. It'll be a big time today issue. And how many people out there, I mean, what do we keep hearing about savings and the amount of people who do not have any sort of funds saved up to make a a car repair, right? Uh, Who don't have a $500 emergency savings. If your furnace goes in 2030 and you need to replace it with an all-electric system, I highly doubt a lot of people have a $10,000 savings, you know, in the bank just waiting to pay for it. I guess you have seven years' notice, though, to keep on going. On our text board, 8030930, um, someone's saying, how many kids drink tap water? They all drink pop. I don't, I don't think that's... That, that's probably overblown. I would say fewer kids probably drink pop now than ever before. I never thought, um, like growing up, that I would ever be a parent that would, like, have no pop in the house. I mean, I loved pop when I was a kid. But I'm 100% that way now. Like, we never have pop in the house. I can't think of a good reason to. And we never give it to my kid. And I'm trying to think, like, if he ever does have it in the future, it's it's not going to be in the house. Like, that's for sure. Like, maybe go out to dinner and, all right, like, special treat. You get to have some pop. But, like, I just, I couldn't imagine having it in the fridge right now and, like, just, oh, yeah, grab a Pepsi for dinner. Like, I think people are, have gone way away from that over the last 20 years. I could be wrong, but I, I I feel like people are totally, and even juice, by the way. Like, what did we always have in the fridge growing up, right? The big can of Juicy Juice. Why it came in a can like that, I would never know. You'd have to use the uh, other end of the bottle or the can opener, right, to, like, punch a hole in the top of it. I mean, looking back at it now, I should have known it wasn't all that good for you because it comes in a big can that you'd find, like, in the back of the school kitchen. <laughs> like, that's that should have been clue number one. And maybe juicy juice is not as natural as it uh, seems. Maybe that's the reason for the cavities. But I, I, I don't see that, like, even in the stores anymore. Where do you even find it? You really don't see, like, those big sugar-heavy juices at all. I think people have gone way away from it. I mean, it doesn't mean people have gone way the other way in sugar in general. And, like, you know, I'm sure Snickers bars are still being eaten all over the place, right? People are still eating candy, sweets, all that good stuff. But I think the sugary drink thing, I don't know. I could be way off. But at least in my house... I mean, nowhere near. I, I mean, I would always have, like, Pepsi or mostly ginger ale in the house almost at all times. Love ginger ale. Maybe a Sprite every now and then. 
Now it's like no, no sugar. There's like not a sugary drink to be found in the, well, maybe one or two. But it's not in the fridge at all. Maybe that's just me. I'd, my uh, son's sick yesterday. He came home. You can have water. And we do keep, uh, uh, I mean, this is like the sugariest of all sugary drinks, uh, knockoff Pedialyte somewhere in the house just for, like, situations like that. Like, all right, rehydrate yourself. You can have some watered-down Pedialyte. You know, get everything back up. But he was drinking water. And I also didn't know what to do yesterday in terms of, like, what you give. I didn't have saltine crackers, or at least I couldn't find them in the house. Like, what do you give kids when they have the upset stomach? I mean, he's not really sick. But he is throwing up. And my wife was like, looked at me like I had three heads yesterday because she was like, Well, did he eat anything? I was like, Yeah, I gave him some chips. She's like, Chips? Like, he's sick, you give him chips? And I was like, Well, we didn't have saltine crackers. We did have tortilla, like plain tortilla chips. And I figured that's pretty much like the same thing. It's like a salty, plain bread. Like, I, it's probably not going to upset your stomach. That was the only thing I could think. He didn't want just plain peanut butter on bread. So, uh, like, I don't know. Is chips that bad? To me, that was like my natural go-to. We don't have saltines. All right, here's a couple tortilla chips. It worked. He didn't throw up after that. So, I don't know. I don't think that was too crazy. My wife was laughing at me. Chips? You give chips to a sick kid? Yeah, what do you want from me? What else do we have here? Not going to give them mac and cheese? Yogurt? Well, you want that mess? No. I thought I thought I was using my head there. Anyways, uh, I'll be back here tomorrow, and uh, I think Joe will be joining me too uh, for BMAS and Beamer. That's tomorrow. you got David coming up next after the news. Thanks for listening to me on WBEM. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.